four score and New this morning, years. we're getting our first look inside the Welcome. Hey. Welcome to First Hand, the podcast where we hear firsthand accounts of the most important moments in history from the people who lived them. I'm Devin Field. I'm Greg Gallant. And we're back in the lab. <laughs> back in the lab. That's what I've always called it. Yeah. Have we been doing that? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're here in the lab. Uh, yeah. Uh, with a pen and a pad. Yeah. Trying to get this damn podcast off. That's an Eminem okay. lyric. <laughs> Okay, I was more in a Monster Mash place, um, but I see. that just yes. speaks to our relative musical taste. <laughs> That's right. Uh, how are you doing, Dev? I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm. Uh, of course, loyal listeners will know I am slaving away on my EP. Yeah, I'm trying to get into the music biz. Good. More on this later, but great episode title subject for you today yes yeah. this is a big one uh and, and and you met a producer you're working with a producer now yeah i met a producer um he i met him on, on hollywood boulevard he asked me do you like hip-hop and i said of course and yeah, you he, love eminem <laughs> love him and he uh, but only the late stuff only yeah. from relapse onward yeah yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> and uh I met him on Hollywood Boulevard, and he asked me, do I like hip-hop? I said, of course. He had me listen to several of his CDs. They were bad, but I mm-hmm. paid $35 for them. Oh, I'm wow. not sure how that happened. <laughs> sort of a three, almost like a three-card Monty situation of, I just kind of, I had some money in my hand, and then he he took it and was like, Lynn, let me give you this money back. And you're holding a burnt CD with no way to play it. That's right. Yeah. And he said he was a producer, and he said we'd keep in touch, and he gave me a card have a name or a number on it? It had the number of a California pizza kitchen okay. in the area. So, so he I don't know if he works there. I he probably works there. It so. sounds like stuff is popping off with the <laughs> It fabric. sounds like it things sounds are like, working. So yeah. yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Right. So um, you know, we'll see if my EP uh gets off the ground. Do we remember what the title of it was? It was um uh playing, playing the, the field, field, a life, life well loved. It <laughs> No, no, no. no. Songs in the Key of My my Mind, mind, Inner inner Visions, visions. and then whatever we added last time. And I think there was something else last time. Uh, But clearly, uh, it doesn't matter. But uh, maybe instead, I'll just um, throw a parenthesis. Oh, Volume 1 was added. Oh, that was added. Volume 1. So I'm going to go ahead and add Volume 2. So it's it's Volumes 1 and 2. So, Playing the Field, A Life Well Loved, Songs in the Key of My Mind, Inner Visions, Volume 1, Volume 2. That's right. Great. So look for that um, in California Pizza Kitchens nationwide. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you know, Starbucks (laughs) will sell you like a Nora Jones album. Right. CPK's got some Devin Field. Hopefully. Can I say that we've been doing this run for four episodes and I just got that Playing the Field was a reference to your last name? You fucking idiot. That is fully true. That's what my whole music career is based around. Wow. Your last name. That's right. What about you, Greg? What's going on with you? Um, Last we checked in, you had a medical condition. Yeah, a lot of people were saying that I was turning into a dog, (laughs) but I've been gradually turning into a dog all season. And I've also kind of been trapped in this loop where... where I keep dating my doctors and therapists, my veterinarian, which I saw by mistake. Mm -hmm. Was it a mistake? Was it a choice? I have gotten rid of all that, and I am just... My self-care right now is volunteering. 
Wow, where are you volunteering? I'm helping a blind man around town. Okay. I'm sort of leading his way across the streets uh-huh. and to the places he needs to go. Okay. And we're dating. <laughs> okay. When so. you say, for, let's unpack this first. When you say leading a blind man around, mm-hmm. you're... I said helping, but leading's actually probably a better word for it. Is it? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and ask you this, and I just want you to be honest with me. When you're doing this, are you wearing a harness of any kind? Yeah. Well, yeah. wait till you hear what color it is. Go on. Orange. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not. Why the... did you need me to wait until I heard what color? <laughs> that's it was. not the only volunteering I'm doing. Though. Really? I mean, that's the only one where I'm dating. I'm also. You're, da- you're dating that man. Yes. I'm you're al- that man's guide dog and his lover. Guide man and lover. I'm fucked up. I'm also. I'll help people. Um, I'm doing a lot of traveling. Uh huh. Uh, when my friends <laughs> yeah, I bet fly, you. I'll go accompany yeah, them. If go they, sit next to them on the some of them plane. have legitimate anxieties. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just selfish, and I'll <laughs> sit, sit with them on the plane. Yeah. Once there was a snafu with the paperwork, and I had to ride with the luggage and stuff. Oh, you had to in the cargo hold. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. And I heard, I heard a little bit, but I heard that when they finally got you out, uh, they pulled your crate out of the cargo hold, and you had completely shit yourself you had shit all yeah the i admit and then i i'm not proud of this stuff go ahead i tried to eat it <laughs> why would you do airplane that? food am i right no don't do that that's not the same <laughs> i don't just i like so then i threw up as a whole a thing lane. you can't be a stand-up comedian and a, a guide dog okay i'm not a guide dog this is ridiculous and i'm you know what? I don't even want to talk about it. Okay, I'm not a dog. Let's just let's get do the, the episode, episode Music Man. Okay, here's a treat. <laughs> well, today, of course, this season we've been profiling geniuses, luminaries, great thinkers and artists and minds throughout and, history. And it it seems like every week we keep topping ourselves and getting bigger and bigger subjects this that make the no previous exception. subjects look like look shit. Like shit. Look like sh- just Oprah made shit. Disney look like, like shit. shit. And now who's going to be making Oprah look like I'll shit? I'll tell you who. It's none other than the fab for themselves. The Jawan Beatles. Howard, the, oh. Chris Webb. Oh, <laughs> sorry. no, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. thinking of Fab yeah. Five. The Beatles, the Beatles. The Beatles, mate. Oi. Oi, bruv. Oi. It's metal, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think this octopus's garden <laughs> is a good song, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. We're nailing it. Wow. I love that Guy Ritchie movie, Help. <laughs> yes. Guy Ritchie's help is so cool. So uh, I love uh, when Benicio del Toro yells at all the boys, <laughs> yes. and, and they like, run around. Yeah, that's fun. Great. Um, should I give you some background on the Beatles? Yeah, never heard of them. Yeah, never heard of them. Yeah. It might be good to you might learn something by having someone uh, kind of hastily skim the first four paragraphs of their Wikipedia <laughs> yeah. page, right? Yeah, yeah. That'd that be kind of interesting audio for you to That'd listen be to. Great audio. Not something to fast forward past. Wait, is another person chiming in unhelpfully every fifteen seconds? Yeah, probably. Uh, great. Let's give it a shot. The Beatles, of course, were an English rock band formed in Liverpool in 1960. We've got the original lineup, of course, of John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr, although he was added a little later, of course. Mm. But uh, they're commonly regarded as the most influential band of all time, Greg. I think that's fair. I mean, that's high up there. They're, yeah. no, they're no late period M&M, but... Yeah. Uh, I'd say it's them, late period M&M, <laughs> and fastball. That's right. <laughs> 
Their sound uh, incorporated a lot of different musical elements, 1950s rock, classical, and traditional pop, uh, and later uh, different styles like ballads, Indian music, and psychedelia, and hard rock even. The band had the primary songwriters of Lennon and McCartney. They built their reputation playing clubs in Liverpool and Hamburg in the early 1960s. Uh, They... uh, Eventually uh, asked Ringo Starr to join them in 1962. He took over for Pete Best. And uh, manager Brian Epstein molded them into a professional act. And I think it's very important to say here, no no relation. relation. No relation. No relation. I don't know if that's true, (laughs) but I hope no relation. Uh, Producer George Martin guided and developed their early recordings. Their first major hit, Love Me Do. Came out in 1962. What a song, huh? Nice slow harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> and a shuffling, weird backbeat that just got the kids moving. As groundbreaking today as it was in 1962. That's right. Um, they grew in popularity uh, until eventually it became Beatlemania, Greg. Mm-hmm. Remember it well. And uh, by early 1964, they were international stars. They led the British invasion, invasion dominating United States pop charts. They made their film debut in 1964 with their movie Hard Day's Night and their album of the same name. They had so many hit albums. Rubber Soul, Revolver, Sgt. Pepper's, The White Album. Okay, these were all their recordings. Mm-hmm. From Abbey Road, their recordings throughout the 60s. They broke up in 1970, and then they all continued to enjoy solo careers, massive success as solo artists until, of course, John Lennon was killed in 1980. George Harrison died of lung cancer in 2001. But McCartney... And Star continue to be musically active. They're the best-selling music act of all time, with over 183 million units in the U.S. and 600 million worldwide. Ooh, and that must just stick in fastballs craw. Yeah, that <laughs> they're looking at that brass ring, them. going, "God damn it!" Um, they're pioneers in recording, songwriting, and artistic presentation. The group revolutionized many aspects of the music industry and were often publicized as leaders of the 1960s youth and sociocultural music. Time named them among the 20th century's 100 most important people. A list that we definitely didn't read when trying to come up. Would have been a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would have been a great place to start, just to jog our memory of the people we know. Now, because we are something of, and there's no easier way to say this, Forrest Gumps, we've experienced every major event mm-hmm. we've in been history. There. We've been everywhere, man. Yeah. This and I think maybe in the Jane Goodall episode this year, we might have talked about the Beatles a little bit. I think that's right. But that We were kidding. But we if were anything joking. that we say now contradicts that, what we, we said then, we kidding. were kidding. So, Greg, how did you know the Beatles? I, well... Of course, we all know that uh, their breakup was caused in large part by, well, people will say different factors, but I think that the conventional wisdom, the allegation is that it was Yoko who was Mm -hmm. dating John and and sort of got in between and drove a wedge in the band and they split up. So Yoko was not the only person to try that, Devin say what i tried it too i think me and her are a lot alike go on we thought we could we thought like i haven't been able to get famous on my own merits no um what Try if, as you what might. if i tear down something great uh-huh. and get famous for that pretty common toxic thought process yeah so <laughs> i i will say yoko did a better job than me mm-hmm. um she had the stroke of genius in the sense that i've heard of her 
Yeah, you've heard of me, Devin. Well, you know what I'm saying. She had the <laughs> genius idea to go through John Lennon, who not a lot of people know is sort of the main guy. <laughs> I, I'm told he's like one of the bigger yeah, singers. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the tops. So I went through who I thought was the star of the group, uh, mm-hmm. which was Ringo Starr. Aha. Uh-huh. And, and that was, let me ask you this, Greg. Did mm-hmm. you think that because that was his freaking last name? I'll admit I did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I... So I was dating Ringo, and I was really trying to drive a wedge mm. into the band, and I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of luck. No? Yeah. A lot of people would not necessarily notice me. I see. So Ringo would kind of bring you around to the recording sessions and go, Oi, mates, it's me new bird. Well, and you're they, not a woman, but it's, yeah, it's my new it's my bloke. And then, you know, six months in, I'm still seeing Paul, and he's like, oh, hello, Grant. And I'm like, I my see. name's Greg. I see. Uh, yeah, you just weren't, you were a drop in the bucket. Yeah. So I tried to convince, I was like, Ringo, you should be writing a song. Mm. You should write a song okay, when a they were little, making Abbey Road. A little poison in his ear. So, and I was like trying to make it bad. I was trying to make it bad. I had this sort of like under the sea mm-hmm. sort of. Now stuff that you, I was feeding him. I think him. you mentioned this song a little earlier and, as being bad. And then I fucked it up, and he didn't listen to me, and he wrote this brilliant song, Octopus's Garden. <laughs> and now my song, Squid Porch, is <laughs> <laughs> just sitting on the cutting room floor of Abbey Road. Squid Porch. Squid Porch. <laughs> Give us just a little taste <laughs> of Squid Porch. <laughs> Because, you know, I've, mm-hmm. of course, have heard you sing it around uh, the house yeah. that we share. Well, of course. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's canon. That's canon that we share a house. house. I've heard you sing it around the house, and it is bad, but yeah. it's squid, squid porch. Yeah, well, know, keep setting know. this up. Give me. Give sure, me, give sure. It's, it you know, it's, I mean, I uh, who could forget the course of, uh, yeah. uh, I, I'd like to sit <laughs> that's, where no, I, I had that. fit oh, that's good. on a little squid's porch. In a... In the ocean. In the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, and then it kind of stopped. It, you would speak it, too, where it would be like, on a little squid's porch in the ocean. Yeah. And that would kind of land hard. Yeah. <laughs> so instead, Ringo... Sang everyone's favorite Beatles song, Octopus's Garden. Yeah. So that was kind of the impetus for our breakup. Oh, no. Um, I oh, never Greg. really, I never really got too far wow. into breaking up the band. Now, Ringo and I have remained close. Really? Yeah. When was the last time you saw him? I saw him or he saw me? I guess either one. Oh. Whichever was most recent. I saw him last night, Stroke of Midnight. <laughs> stroke of Midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, Lion Man was taking me for a walk. Uh-huh. You're your new boyfriend. Um, And I smelled, someone had spilled some fries on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So I was eating those. <laughs> and I looked, we were in Mulholland Drive. Yeah. And I looked into one of the really nice houses and I saw oh, no. who I think was Ringo. Yeah. But you don't even know. No. Is, do you, does he live on Mulholland? I don't know. Fuck, that might not have been him. Yeah. Dev, how do you know the Beatles? Well, less intimately, I suppose, but uh, no less directly. I, of course, was uh, in the music management business in England. Oi. In the 60s. Oi. Yeah, bruv. Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah. 
um, which is interesting because there's a lot of cocaine, of course, in the music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, I was so I ended up being kind of a low level sort of producer manager on some of the Beatles recordings in the mid '60s. I was part of the team. Man. You know, when people think their team. I was on that team. And you, of course, listeners know you've been on Bob Dylan's team. That's right. You've been on Bruce Springsteen. I famously went down on Bob Dylan. (laughs) Whoa, I knew Bob Dylan went down on you, but this is a big reveal. You went down on Bob Dylan. It was reciprocated. While Quincy Jones was trapped in a closet watching you guys. That's right. You were on Bruce Springsteen's team. Uh You explained the Berlin Wall to him. That's (laughs) That's right. Listeners know this. Listeners know. Um, But... So I was really instrumental in some of their earliest recordings, and then the band evolved, and they kept changing, and uh, suddenly they go, okay, here's here's the scratch tracks for our new album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh, wow. Yeah, my a lot first, of people would consider that the greatest album of all time. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of dope fiends would consider that the greatest <laughs> album of all time. Okay, as everyone knows, this is canon. I am, of course, straight edge. <laughs> and uh, when I... Listen to the tracks. First of all, I go, this title sucks. <laughs> this mm. title is this title is a short story. <laughs> this title is longer than that Ernest Hemingway short story about the fucking baby shoes. <laughs> you know? And what's what the are title we doing? of your upcoming album again? <laughs> it's not important. Okay. So so I'm already a little like, what is this? I put it on. This album is the most g- garbled batch of dog shit i've ever heard it is just pure nonsense there's right away it's like billy sheer who's that who is that who the fuck are you talking about you know and then there's some sounds i'm hearing in my left headphone and then they'll switch to my right headphone and there's like voices and there's an orchestra and there's all sorts of nonsense and they kind of proudly told me, like, yeah, we smoked a lot of grass when we were recording this album. Sure, yeah, right? I heard this that. This was when they had finally smoked a lot of grass, which I believe Bob Dylan introduced them to. Yeah. So. Well, I, of course, was trying to get them. I was telling Ringo, like, you got to try mouthwash. <laughs> Just drinking mouthwash. Yeah. And I was trying to get him to introduce that it. to the band, and only me and him wound up doing a lot of that. Uh-huh. So, anyway... I was, of course, incensed when I heard this disgusting music. So mm-hmm. I immediately called a band meeting at the studio. I locked the doors, and I said, "This is an, hey, guys, this is an intervention. I need you guys to get straight edge. I need you guys to stop smoking this weed that you love so much, and let's get back to basics, because it's not helping you write good music. It's helping you write dog shit. Whatever happened to Love Me Do? Whatever happened to uh, a harmonica that sounded like it's being recorded at the end of a long hallway? <laughs> you know? The straight-edge Beatles of early days. I want to hold your hand. That's the sweetest thing I ever heard. As Wholesome opposed to song. a guy died in a car crash and I heard about it. Mm-hmm. Or whatever the fuck that yeah. song is about. I'm fixing a hole. <laughs> what? I think I know what that means. Yeah. I think so too. I'm fixing the hole in my fucking crack pipe. Yeah, they weren't smoking <laughs> crack. I don't want to, but you know. So and how did they receive the intervention? Kicked me out of the band. Well, I wasn't into band, the but team. they kicked me off the team. Wow. I was kicked off the team immediately, uh, and then they went on to record some of the worst albums I'd ever heard. What were those again? That was <laughs> Abbey, Road, Abbey Road, the White, the White album. album. Yeah, just bullshit, bullshit that no one really engaged with. What about Let It Be? That I love. I was going to say, that's that's pretty (laughs) commercial down the middle in a great way. Phil Spector really saved it. 
Mm. So that's how I knew them. Wow. So another another week, another, another week, thing another that we both brushed up against. Well, let's uh, let's take a break, yeah, and when we come back, break. we'll introduce some guests who maybe knew them even better. Maybe let's find out. Welcome back. Welcome back to first hand. We're talking the Beatles. Yeah, sorry, uh, we had a. Uh, I apologize during the the break. The break went on a little long. I saw a squirrel outside yeah. the studio. And You're a dog. I went crazy no i, don't know I how just you could i'm worried about my garden <laughs> that's right he's just worried about his garden slash garden slash bathroom all right let's get in our guest yes well first up we have a guest who who i actually knew a little bit back in the day oh sure mate with the beatles oh. yeah and this is someone else who i i'll go ahead and say that we're a member of the team the team. This is someone who's kind of on the management side of the Beatles. Kind of like, please welcome Pete Worst. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for having me in here. Pete, hey. Pete, thanks for doing Petey the show. baby. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I, I loved being on the team. You did, huh? Yeah. I had a lot of fun, you know, but it was short-lived. Well, yeah. When were you on the team, Pete? Oh, God. Uh, so we've decided they started in 1960. Yeah. That was sort of in about 1958 was when they were kind of first fucking around. But from like 1960 was when they really got going. Okay. Then I was fired before that. <laughs> okay. Fired oh. before they got going, I would oh, say. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I probably met him around, you know, 56, probably in like... Around 58 was when I had, you know, uh, their words, not mine, worn out my welcome. What? So almost immediately. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, sometimes it feels like, it, what's important in a fire? The spark? Go on. Or the warmth that you get from the flame? You know what hmm. I mean? Like, like the. I don't know that I have an answer to that question. Both, both yeah, I've been thinking about it for for a long time. I think the spark is what's most important. Pretty sure. important. When people talk about who started the fire. It's not what the fire did, it's who started the fire. When people talk about who started the fire, I mostly know who didn't start the fire. Yeah. And it wasn't Billy Joel and all his friends? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying? Is that, what that song is? A that list song of is his about friends? all his friends. It's Billy Joel and all his friends, <laughs> yeah. and we didn't start the fire. Wow, you got a little musical talent yourself there, Pete. I would like to say so. I Most of the time I was just trying to convince them of that. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I knew them because... Um, I don't know how much you know about the, you know, with the Beatles earlier, but Almost I... Almost nothing. Oh, okay. I ran a fish and chip shop <laughs> right outside of George and Paul's uh, uh, high school. Would mm-hmm. they call it something different in uh, England? Probably. Primary no, school. Yeah. Yeah, but it, I guess it, it was, was secondary school. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Secondary was, school, mate. Yeah, oh, and boy. God, if I could understand what they were saying most of the time, it's like, take those marbles out of your mouth and finish your words. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> so you... You're running a fish and chips shop in England. You're, yeah, and where Liverpool. are you from? Oh, I'm from Camden, New Jersey. Yeah, okay. I was detecting a little bit of sort of East Coast. Yeah, I uh, came over in the war. Um, I went over to England. They told me we're not doing a lot of fighting here. Which war? Huh? Oh, <laughs> two. World War Two. Okay, okay. You came over in World War Two. Okay, t- uh, I took my own boat over to England, World mm. War Two. They said, this is not where we're fighting. And I, I grew accustomed to it. Someone said, do you want some chips? Handed me a fry. I thought that was the funniest thing that ever happened to me before. It's pretty funny. So I said, I'll, hey, I'll get into this chip business. Uh-huh. And I just stayed. And so I, I ran a, a fish and chip shop right next to the uh, the high school, the, the secondary school. 
And one day I'm sweeping, you know, my place is pretty greasy. So, you know, I should have mopped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I start hearing people playing and I think, hold on. That's pretty good. But they were all singing together. You know what I mean? Uh Somebody would start. They never had any patience. Someone would start. Another person would add on. And I thought, hold on, guys, here's an idea. Sing one at a time. Oh, that okay. Was you? That was a big thing of mine. They just was kept to break up their signature harmony. Yeah. And isolate it. Yeah, just one at a time. Take your turn, so everybody Take can hear. Take your turn. Take your turn, so everybody can hear individual voices. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, almost like sort of a Backstreet Boys kind of mentality of Absolutely. like, now you sing, Brian. Now it's your time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that was one of my first earliest sparks that I gave them. So you just, sorry, you just walked. How did you introduce yourself? Yeah, like there a couple of boys hanging out back of a fish and chip shop, kind of idly singing a song, and then what? You pop out and say, yeah, it one went, at a time! One at a time. I have been known, and I know this from divorce proceedings, <laughs> um, so it's been said to me a couple times. My wife told me, you are very bad at introductions. Mm-hmm. You just, and pop is a great way of saying it, I just spring up, and I'm in, I'm in media rays, the middle of a conversation, <laughs> and uh, and mostly people say, when I just pop up and say one at a time, mostly what I get back is, who are you? Right. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And where did you come from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they that- said those things to you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I don't remember in that order. It was a while ago. Um, but I just popped up. I said one at a time, and uh-huh. they said, who are you? What are you talking about? And I said, my name is Sam Duncan. Oh. Sam Duncan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I thought your name was Pete. Pete Worst. Well, here's the thing. At the time, there was a drummer named Pete Best. Sure. And yes. after a while, and they just started calling me, we, we got Pete Best over here. You are Pete Worst. And I said, but Oh, my, so this isn't even your name. This was a roast. It was a roast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just one. And that's when I knew I had him. It was me and the boys. Because once you're roasted, mm. you, you're part of the you're game. You're part of the game. Uh-huh. Yeah, and sorry about thinking for my think about my name for so long because I did legally change my name to Pete Worst. Oh, okay. So you were sort of you were sort of following you were hanging around the band. And your presence was sort of that they didn't like you and kept you around. Oh, you is that so- what you got from the story? <laughs> yeah. It yeah, feels like you were maybe their golem or something. Yeah, kind of following them in the shadows as they huh. went around Part and of the team, found their own success. And that, like they had to um, overcome me to become more successful? Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm also maybe saying... a posture i would say is a little golem esque okay mm-hmm. that has also come up in the divorce proceedings it has yeah that seems like an unnecessary swipe I, yeah. <laughs> absolutely i honestly when it was a, a cavalcade a list of things that my wife just read one after another and i thought oh boy this is really happening get this woman off the dais you mm-hmm. know you guys know about <laughs> the roast? dais from yeah. roast yeah, yeah it felt like there was a couple people right, on the dais on the well dais. you got divorced at the friars club of course <laughs> i did and that yeah. is an honor it is an honor. It yeah. is ultimately, and it's an honor to get divorced at a Friars it's Club. It's only you and Dean Martin have ever gotten divorced at the Friars Club. And for that, I am thankful. Yes. <laughs> and now, you know, uh, kind of continuing on this Gollum thread, I, I <laughs> confirm, can you confirm or deny this rumor I heard that part of when you were kind of ousted from the team was when um, George Harrison jumped on top of you and strangled you? 
Oh, yeah, that did happen. Well, the thing is, he had my ring. Ah, okay. So this is kind of one to one. Yeah, you had a ring. What was this ring? Oh, it was so precious. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just yeah. was what it was. Well, it was the ring I was going to propose with. Oh, okay. To the woman you would later get divorced from. Yes. Oh, yeah. beautiful story. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just was, I was pretty mad at him. He had taken my ring. He claims it was his the whole time. Uh-huh. But, you know, I saw it on him and I thought, that's the ring I got to propose with. Right. Sounds like it was his. Yeah. Uh, you know, you there are two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. Um, my side and the side that the court would love to hear under oath. Uh-huh. And which side is more important, you know, the, yeah, the spark side the or, spark the or the warmth or the warmth from the fire? You get it. Yeah. When there's wildfires in California, no one ever talks about like how big they are or what they're burning down. No, We're only not. talking about who started it. Who That's started right. it? Yeah, yeah, because we don't. Yeah, and you know what? But that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so. We did you follow the band to Germany when they were playing their early that gigs? That was another thing. I thought, don't go to other places. This should be a local band. I see. I uh, was very influential in trying to keep them in Liverpool. Uh-huh. I thought, this is a Liverpool band. Nobody will understand you. I thought, go to Germany. They don't speak the language over there. <laughs> they don't. They don't. They famously don't they speak famously the language They famously don't speak the language over there. It sounds like you have a long history of not wanting to go to Germany. Oh, that World War Two. You went to England. <laughs> huh. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, sure. World War Two. I did not go to Germany to fight, even though I was deployed there. I took my own boat mm-hmm. and just decided between the two of us, the three of us, it was just a little scary over there. Yeah. So I thought I'll just stay in England. Sure. And just you know start a chip shop. So how did the band and you eventually part ways? Well, you know, we now have a term called ghosting. Mm. Um, mm. And it was not, we did not have a turn back then. Um, but that being said, they screamed at my face, <laughs> no more. Mm. Stop it. I see. So you kind of popped up again, maybe in the middle of a band meeting or recording session or yeah, something. Yeah, it was a recording session. Uh-huh. I popped up. They said, Will you ruin this track? Uh-huh. And that's the last track you'll ruin. Pete Wurst, get out. Wow. Ugh, I hate ghosting. Yes. Ugh, there's, Classic there's such ghost. Cowardly. Mm. Like, yes. say it. Say Be it direct. To my face. Yes. Yeah. Say it and scream it to my face while you're strangling me. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Like, be upfront. Be clear. And what do you think your overall impact on the band was when all said and done? Um, I think I should have been in the Hall of Fame with them. <laughs> Their name should have an asterisk next to so it. So instead of Billy Preston or George Martin, you're the Abs- fifth Beatle. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that it should say every time you say Beatles, it should say Beatles asterisk mark. Pete Wurst <laughs> started the spark that was the Beatles. Hang on, I'm going to write that down. It's a good a title good for an title. EP. Snappy Thank you so title. much. <laughs> yeah, I just think that I gave them a lot of like early inspiration. That really a lot of really good ideas. Sing one at a time. I said, four people in a band, that's not enough people. You wanted more? <laughs> yeah, because none of them played the French horn. Yeah. Pete, who, um, I have a guess, but who were you pitching to be the French horn player to join the band? Um, Let's hear your guess. <laughs> I'm guessing it was yourself. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I wanted to be in there. I can't play the French horn, but I was, I was committed to learning if they'd let me be in it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Think of the different recordings we'd have if, you know, Love Me Do hadn't had a fucking harmonica on but it. But what? Like, <laughs> wow. 
And that would just be the beginning. Yeah. But you're you're, you're scrolling through the radio. There's mm-hmm. so many channels you could listen to, so many frequencies. So what's going to make you stop but not... Yeah, that is You hear it. that and you think, no, hold on. That sounds like the beginning of a hit. We got something here. We if, got something here. If four people are about to sing one at a time, I might have found my favorite <laughs> new band. That's another thing. Those songs were so short. Yeah. You get a one, at, but you one at a time. You lengthened that song tremendously. You wanted them to be a band of four people who sang one at a time, not in harmony, playing uh, instruments like the French horn and doing twelve to fifteen minute songs. Absolutely, because mm-hmm. wow. imagine right now you get love, love me, do me, do you know I love you, love you, that kind of thing. But imagine if one person was just saying, "Me do love I you." See. Oh, so they wouldn't even take on the full lyrics. <laughs> no, no, you get their wow. isolated part. Same, same lyrics, wow. same parts. I love the lyrics Just for most of them. But imagine one at a time, you lengthen that song out. And, I mean, I think that's a better song. Wow. Then you really hear what people are saying. Wow. This is incredible Something stuff. think about it. There's a whole alternate history where this is what the Beatles' music was, and they were even bigger. Wow. Absolutely. Well, Pete, this is fascinating. We're going to hear more from you throughout. At this time, we're going to bring in our second guest, someone from sort of the other side of the Beatles' mm-hmm. career. Maybe you guys cross paths. We don't know. But this is, well, this is an officer of the law, actually. Wow. So I'd be curious to see how he knew the Beatles. This is Officer Neil Pudding. Oh, hello, yes. how are we doing? Hey. Hello, thank mate. you for having me yeah, on. Hello, oh, mate. hello. Yeah, oh, from across the pond. Yeah. Always happy to talk about the Beatles. I'm yeah. a big fan. Yeah, great. And I was from, of course, uh, you know, I was um, acquainted with them in various ways. Wow, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How did a How did a Bobby like you know? That's the, right. Well, I was a Bobby. That's right. Yeah. Sort of a, uh, I think a beat cop is what you uh, Americans that's might what we'd say. say. So, yeah, yeah. Walking the beat. Yeah. Of London. Yeah. Well, swinging your stick. Swinging me. Uh, swinging me stick around. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's right. Yeah. And you're just having a good old time. Yeah. Walking around London. But I suppose, <laughs> in relation to the Beatles, yeah. I'm most famous. Because it was my decision, which I stand by, to break up the rooftop concert. Oh, my god! I went up there and I said, nope, sorry, boys. I'm a fan of the music, but the noise has got to go. Get out here. Wrap it up, you know. So this is, of course, their famous final concert. That's right. It ended up being. uh, We didn't know at the time. Right. Ended up being a final performance. Would you have still broken it up if you Yes, earlier. If I knew about it, I'd be up to note one. (laughs) But are you such a big fan? Well, I love the music when it's done legally. I see. And when Ah. it's distributed through legal channels and methods, Mm -hmm. I'm all for it. I'm a huge fan of the arts. Yeah. I'm also... A man of the law. Mm, and bit it's of a my stickler, job. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's my job to be a stickler. Mm-hmm. I suppose it is. You start yeah. to be loosey-goosey, mm-hmm. and pretty soon all of society goes down the tubes. <laughs> and I'm using the American word for tubes. I don't mean, don't mean down, down, down the metro yeah, subway. Right, no, yeah, I mean no, down no, like down drainage pipes yeah. and such. So it's just, you believe in the slippery slope. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, if you're the law and it's your job, Mm-hmm. Then I've got to. I cannot make exceptions. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're the Beatles. You know, I don't care. I don't care if it was a Queen of England up on a roof. You know, fixing a crown. If she was allowed, she's going to the brig. 
Wow. To the brig. Yeah, down to a boat <laughs> and, and into, into the their, jail. Into their they jail have better style. brigs than the boats. Yeah. Did you ever have any confrontations with members of the royal family? Many. Because, you know, they think they're above the law. And, now, of course, they are in many ways, aren't they? Well, technically, <laughs> the Queen of England is the state. You know, she sort of is right. representation of the state. Yeah, sure. But, you know, I'm not a lawyer. All I know is if the Queen of England's jaywalking, I've got to give her a ticket, which I've done. You gave the Queen of England. I saw the Queen of England out. No one else notices. She's walking around. (laughs) Really? Really? And she the light is against her and I see her know it's wrong. Uh huh. She's got the whole full get up on. Interesting. So she's not even doing a jasmine sneaking out of the Sultan's Palace dressed as a commoner thing. She's She's holding (laughs) a staff with an orb. It's crazy. It sounds like she's trying to get spotted. I feel in a way she's pushing it. She's like a child who's saying, how far can I go? She's like Winona shoplifting. That's right. Some part of her wants to get caught. It's the thrill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I think people assume she was some sort of, you know, Street performances can't really be her. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm quite a fan of the royal <laughs> family. So I knew this is it. This is her. And I saw her look both ways nervously, and then she started to walk. And I'm like, sorry, sorry, your majesty. Oof. Here's a ticket. You're coming with me to the brig. <laughs> to the br- <laughs> to the brig. Wait, even though jaywalking is not just a ticket, it is a brigable offense. It is an officer's <laughs> discretion. I see. In England, mm-hmm. you decide as a, when you are making the arrest... What should the initial uh, punishment be? So it's a Judge Dredd situation. It's a bit. It's exactly when I saw Judge Dredd, I was like, "This is how we do it." <laughs> this would not be a popular movie in England because it's not that revolutionary yeah, an idea. Not it's even the norm. science fiction. It's just how we do it. Wow. So wait, did you throw the Beatles in the brig? Then yes, when? I brought all four Beatles down to the brig. I brought them down to the shipyard, and I said, "Give me a boat. I need room for four because I w- I felt they should be together." <laughs> Yeah, and I put him yeah. in a and I put him in a room, and I uh, a jail, yeah. <laughs> a jail, a cell. To me, it's a room. Yeah, and I said, "Lock you up." Sorry, boys, this will teach you no more noise. And it hadn't been the first time I put them in jail. It hadn't. When was no. the first time you put the Beatles in? I saw them smoking marijuana. Thank you, Jesus. And I did. You know what? That's a drug. And That's maybe, a drug. perhaps you know, it's harmless compared to other drugs. But the no. law says nope, not at all. It's illegal, and that's not up for me to decide what the law is. That's right. I'll just enforce it. So you, you I found them. I actually didn't see them smoking pot. What I felt was, um, I heard the I heard um the song, uh, girl. Yeah. And there's a big breathy part of that song. What is it? Like, oh. <gasps> and I said, that's marijuana. You right think there. that was and an I inhale broke exhale? Into, yep. Oh. Clearly, and I broke into John Lennon's house. I said, "Sorry, mate, you're <laughs> under arrest." Broke into his home. Oh, was I she... love breaking into John Lennon's home. Pete, you've <laughs> broken into John Lennon's home. Oh, absolutely. You can't just <laughs> pop in if you don't break into a home. Yeah. Well, now you're treading water here because that's a bit of a crime. If you're not an officer Uh-oh. of the law, that's breaking and entering. Okay, well, it it's double a... jeopardy. I've already been to jail for it. <laughs> then you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're free to go. You're free to go. I you're... make sure I always get caught, so you cannot put me in jail again for it. Makes sense. Get it out of the way early. I yeah. have a very s- shallow understanding of double jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Well, join the club. <laughs> that's what I've. That's what I've always understood it to be. So you broke you. So John Lennon's in his home, maybe smoking weed. Let's assume smoking weed. Well, I heard this song. Right. I got Rubber Soul. Yeah. I heard the song Girl. I, like, I would have thought Run for Your Life might have been the song off Rubber Soul. Remind me you... what you're thinking of. Run for your life if you can, little I... girl. Oh, that's right. Hide yeah. your head in your sand, right, little girl. Right. Catch, Catch you with another man, that's the end. Wow, that little girl. girl. That I was never beautiful. understood that to be a threat. <laughs> 
I, I mean, imagine if we were singing it one at a time. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry <laughs> I harmonized with you, Pete. <laughs> Honestly. Well, I don't know that you successfully harmonized. But <laughs> no. <laughs> you, so. Nobody can. That's the problem. Nobody has ever successfully harmonized. It did sound very nice when you did it, yeah. whatever was happening. You but know. so the, I, I agree that that the does sound like a... same note in two different octaves <laughs> is harmony. <laughs> that, Fuck do, you, that does sound like a confession or at least a declaration I, of hey girlfriend of mine i'm gonna kill I will, you and i never thought of it that way i until also right now really <laughs> i never got that wow. from that song that one's pretty literal i also I thought it's po- the end was an appreciation of her posterior oh. i thought it was a bit of a sexual innuendo you and thought that's the whole fine. song which is not illegal nope Certainly not. It's there's nothing, and I've said this so many times. There's nothing illegal about a nice ass. It's not. Okay. <laughs> not so far. <laughs> if Her Majesty was walking across the street shaking her ass, okay, I'd have no problem with That's it. Good, because that is legal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even if she was pointing at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if she was. The other at part it. of those lyrics, little girl. Little yeah. girl. You know? That's right. So that's potentially illegal. Oh, like underage, well. you mean? Right. Or just small. Well, either way. Like a diminutive, like an unfair fight. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah is pick the on somebody. That's not illegal. What pick is on a the woman age your of consent <laughs> for a thumbelina? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I, I mean by yeah, that? It isn't. Yeah. We do have a law for that in England. And I, I want to remind everyone that, of course, Officer Neil Pudding is not a lawyer, as he said before. Not a lawyer, but, but I'm an officer of the law. And so the age of the consent law. for a thumbelina, unfortunately, is two. That oh. is a oh, okay. Well, because they, they age at a different yeah. rate. Right. So two, two-year-old thumbelina is actually quite mature. Oh, Interesting. Good. So it's, it's a, not as disgusting as you might be thinking. It's kind of the opposite of a Baby Yoda situation. That's right. It's 50 and it's a baby, but no, this it's is, it's two and two it's and a you're already woman. like, you're age really smoking quickly. cigarettes mm-hmm. and so walking around listening to jazz. I and I heard they smoke our size cigarettes. Yep. Be, be as tall as them. Mm-hmm. And they the same, it's, imagine if you picked up a full log yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm said, I'm going to okay. shove it in my mouth and sort of inhale. <laughs> yeah. Fill yeah, it didgeridoo off. with tobacco mm-hmm. and smoke right. it. I've wow. done that, which that's is that's why also they legal. Age so quickly. Ugh. I also I ran into the Beatles in the 1970s. Really? So after they'd broken they'd up? They'd broken up and they were in Hyde Park. John Lennon, Paul McCartney sitting down and they were talking about getting back together. Ugh. They were sort of like, you know what? Maybe we were too hasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were being loud about it and I broke them up. <laughs> And I said, down no. to the brig with you. Sorry, uh, this conversation's over. This is a tragedy, Neil. And I, mean, I brought him to the been, brig. What do you do if somebody is doing something wrong and you are not near water so you cannot put them in a ship? Excellent I get question. there. I'll figure I it out. There's <laughs> always a way to get there. I get there. I say, you're coming with me? We're going to find a ship and you're going in the brig. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Sometimes we get on a plane and fly back to London. Oh, you cross international water. Bomb so anywhere and you break an English law and I feel that you are an English citizen, I'm holding you accountable. You just have to feel that they're an English citizen. Oh, wow. In my opinion, you are British, I'll say to the person. You're coming with me. <laughs> I, I just and you know what? On, they never resist because they know it. They yeah, know. Right. They kind of hang their heads. They Absolutely. Go, no, if you, you are resisting me. arrest, it's only because... <laughs> you don't know that's what's happening. Yeah, I that's understand right. that. Arresting someone is like 90% confidence. <laughs> I've always felt that way. I always hold a clipboard. Smart. Because oh. it makes you look like you're in a... Right. Th- well, we don't have guns. Famously. Thanks. Officers don't have guns in our England, God. so you have to sort of assert yourself with, you know, maybe with your nightstick. Or I find a clipboard, just sort of you confidently mm-hmm. grasp it, and you sort of like, all right, you're coming with me. People look at the clipboard and like, 
This guy's got his shit together. He's, wherever he's going to take me is where I need to be. I'm so going to jail or I'm going to a basketball locker room. <laughs> one or the other. But he's in charge and they give me the authority. So yeah, I threw the Beatles in jail in 1972. But this that could have been the beginning. It's of not my problem. They were being loud and unruly wow. about it. I mean, John had a guitar and he was starting to do music and Paul was sort of suggesting chord changes. Oh and I was like, pipe they down. They were writing a new oh song. Get, it, get out of here. Oh. And I, I I imagine passerby were witnessing this saying, God, this is a, a moment yeah, of, quite of a pop stir. culture. It was yeah, quite this a is, stir. This is a great collaboration. And well, then you stepped in. And well, I should have done a bit more quietly. You know, they had their, yeah. they have got money. They could have got a room. They could have gotten a room. Getting a studio or something. I don't know. Yeah. Somebody would have helped a them out. A studio or something. Fumping. Yeah, studio or something. <laughs> what country is Hyde Park in? It's in England, yeah. It's right in London, yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't leave Liverpool much, so if it yeah. was not in Liverpool... I see, okay, you just don't know. Yeah, I just no. didn't get around the country that much. Mm-hmm. Never heard of Hyde Park, have you? <laughs> it's a, sort of famous. No, I, I have heard of it, but uh, I haven't gone to New York, so if... It could have been a park in New York to me. It probably is. I feel like a lot of towns. It's like Lincoln Park, you know. There's a ah, there's like a Cleveland in England and a Cleveland in Ohio. Is yeah. it that kind of thing? Boy, do, don't talk to uh, Officer Neil here about Lincoln Park. They play so loud, he'll throw them right in the brig. If Lincoln Park were British, <laughs> I'll throw them right in the brig every time. Even the concerts, I'll be like, "What is this? We need it to be this loud." I Pipe see. down. Oh, that was another thing. I a big thing I said is. I told the Beatles they were kicking me out. George was strangling me. And I said, okay, fine, I'll go. One last thing. Do not tour. (laughs) And I respected you for that. Promise me one thing. Do not tour. Uh, Did they in any way agree to that? They said, the business model doesn't seem to (laughs) add up. Yeah, right. I said, I mean, they did quit touring at some point. Yeah. Oh, they did? They took your advice eventually. Wow. Oh, they just did God. quit touring. Oh, Marone. I oh, just said, Marone. I said small venues or studios. Uh-huh. That's how you send out your material. I was also famously not very happy with them doing television shows. Oh, you I didn't said want that them on Ed very Sullivan. Good for them Ed to do. Sullivan TV show is going to ruin you boys. And what would the logic there be? I just didn't think they had faces for television. <laughs> you didn't think they were pretty enough? Mm-mm. They had funny hair. I thought they'll eat you alive over there. Well, and I don't want to talk about throwing stones, but for you to say that the Beatles had funny hair. You think my like, hair's funny? Well, I, well, I mean, is getting anyone back me up here? Or? Yeah. You it's think a bit odd, yeah. It's <laughs> a sort of um, non-traditional one. Well, yeah. you think because it grows horizontally? <laughs> It's yeah, sort of physically it's yeah. phenomenal that was happening. Yeah, it's sort of coming like it's stringy, but it grows horizontally. Uh-huh. Yeah, it almost overshadows your golem-like body. Yeah, you sort of look like a Dick Tracy villain. <laughs> yeah, sorry. like a golem uh, with hair that sticks straight out to either side, like a am hammerhead I in shark. Am I my divorce proceedings? <laughs> <laughs> Is this the Friars Club? Because. A lot of people feel like they're on the dais right now. Look, I just wanted to say that your hair is so weird. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. How weird is it? (laughs) That uh, (laughs) if if I were looking at it, I'd go, hey, put that in Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh, Oh, my God. And all of a sudden, I got no custody of my kids. There you go. (laughs) I'll try to roast. I'm a bit fan of roasts. Are Um, you? Yeah. That seems like, go ahead, please. No, I fucking love them. I I think they're so funny. I think Jeffrey Ross is so great. And I love Lisa Lampanelli. Yeah. She doesn't do them anymore. Well, I feel they're great. Well, those yeah. are the ones I like. <laughs> those are the two. Yeah, those are yeah. my num- those are my king and I queen. I would think you wouldn't really like a roast. They can get a bit boisterous. Well, they're, they're legally cleared, aren't they? It's being done by the consent of the person. Right. Even if they get too loud? 
Oh, if they're too loud, I'm not in favor. If they were doing it outside or on no. a roof, forget it. Down to brig with all now, of them. Is what? it illegal, officer, for people to get too mean in the roast? Let me check my <laughs> let me check my book. No, it's not. Huh. Pete, has this been an issue for you? <laughs> well, I just feel like I kept bringing it up in the court. I kept getting denied. You, f- you felt the roast was too mean. I thought my divorce proceedings were too mean. What was an example? You of felt it? that was an issue with the law that it I was too mean. I thought it could have been a law, but I don't know. I just thought maybe this is Liverpool law. I, I mean, I kept contesting, but I mean, a big one was you're not taking care of your kids. Well, that's not really mean, is it? It's sort it of hurt my feelings. It feels a legit, a legit concern. I well, feel. it's an opinion, and it, and you know what? It hurt my feelings. Wow. As long as the meanness is quiet and sort of indoors, mm-hmm. you, you can go full maximum mean. I've I've often felt that some of the meanest things you can say can be in an even keel tone. There also was a lot of talk about my penis. Oh, in yeah, proceedings. I remember Judge Judge. Jezelnik really threw the book at your penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah He's so was, acerbic. Yeah. He and you know what? He just gave a little bit of a, a little grin at the a end and smirk. everybody a little smirk at the end and everybody said, You know what? He's okay. He's okay. So but it yeah. was some mean things and normally in divorce proceedings, I had only been to mine because I have not gone to another one. Tell me does it seem normal that the judge is commenting on my penis no i don't think it's so. not normal but uh, i do appreciate that jesnick is soft-spoken which i like yeah hmm. that's true yeah it's because you don't volume. like some of those louder comedians because i have seen the famous um def jam comedy performance when you pulled bernie mac off stage that's right <laughs> i was there hoping to see a nice night of comedy big fan of uh of comedy def jam and i sort mm-hmm. of um Sat down there and Bernie Mac got up. I said, "His guy seems like a nice bloke. I'm ready." Yeah, he seems yeah. he's going to cut right to it. You know, mm-hmm. he's a sort of a bit of a blunt fellow, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Right away, he's talking at a very loud pitch, he's, and I was yeah. like, "Oh boy, here we go." Tough. And he just started getting very loud, and I got right up on stage and I said, "Sorry, sir, to the brig," which he acquiesced. <laughs> and we had a very nice flight home wow. to London, where I put him in the brig. Wait, I think I might know. Are you the one who arrested Richard Pryor? That's right. <laughs> who I was a huge fan of, and I would go see him quite frequently. But he was he caught on fire in his house, and he was very loud and screaming. And I was like, this has got oh. to go. Uh. Oh, so it wasn't break. the freebasing you were against. It was the volume well, of Well, he was voice. running down the street screaming. Freebasing was illegal, Outside. but I hadn't seen it. All I saw was he was on fire, which is fine. You're allowed to be on fire. That's right. But, but who started it? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And what's more important, the spark that started the fire? Oh, the warmth from Richard Pryor's. <laughs> yes. That's what I said to him. I said, why are you being so loud? And who caused the spark? Mm-hmm. And my next question was, was it Billy Joel's friends? Because uh-huh. <laughs> they were famously firebombs. I love and those buddies. This leads me to another question. What is your concept of jurisdiction? In uh, terms of, it sounds like you're arresting people in Los Angeles, <laughs> New York. Well, London. I feel that I'll represent British law. I see. And so if anybody either is British or may someday be British. Oh, or may the mic- someday wow. be. That's important. Well, you know, so these celebrities, when they get around, they might meet somebody and, you know, they travel quite a bit because they've got money and sort of So means. you could arrest Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, or easy. like Madonna. People For sure. Like okay. that. They're, oh, yeah. they're currently British, is my opinion. They're sort of mm-hmm. married to a British mm-hmm. person. But even if someone's likely in the future to date a British person, I'm like, well, that's going to be, i got to nip this in the bud. Do wow. you believe citizenship is sexually transmitted <laughs> then? I do. If you have sex with somebody from England, you are, in my opinion, forever British. 
Wow. Oh, wow. So anybody that's... the Beatles slept with is British. Wait, okay. okay so Shit, Yoko Ono is British. I'm you're British. That means yeah, you're British. British. You slept with Ringo. Okay, well, you slept I'm, with Ringo. So if you, pu- if you, so far you've been quite quiet, which I appreciate. Yeah. But if you raise your voice, you're coming with me to London, to the shipyard, <laughs> we'll throw you in the brig. <laughs> and while you're there, you might visit Hyde Park. <laughs> That's very right, Pete. <laughs> yeah. I'm learning. Good memory, Pete. I mean, Thank I you. I'm just a little bit worried now, Devin, because Why? you'll remember that the last officer of the law that came into the podcast, of course, shot and killed me. That's right. And I was dead oh. for seven minutes. Nine right. minutes? Something. Seven minutes. A while. Which luckily allowed me to get a time-served death penalty That's right. for all my crimes. But well, I just lucky there. I yeah. get a little bit nervous now. I was... Oh, I'm not British, so I don't have to worry. Well, I don't have a gun. Yeah, he won't shoot yeah, you. But I might club you quite, quite oh. enthusiastically. Yeah. And yeah. I could scold you, and I mm. will buy you a plane ticket and bring you to London and put you in a shipyard jail. Oh, so Ugh. you absorb that cost. I saw it in my pocket. Wow. Are you independently wealthy? No. It's a bit of a... <laughs> it's been a bit of a financial burden for yeah, you. Yeah, my family is not uh, pleased. But they do support me because it's all in the name of the law. Does England still recognize you as a police officer? Not <laughs> um, on paper or out loud. Wow, we should have uh, gotten to that earlier. They, well, you know I was England should have an asterisk next to it if you are still a police officer in the way that I still think of myself as a member of the Beatles. Then. I feel so. I mean, you know, you, you, the job leaves you, you don't leave the job. Absolutely. Wow. It's a way of life, not a position that you are allowed to say you have. Mm. Whoa. I feel... <laughs> I was dismissed from the police force in 1959. <gasps> that was a bad year for me, too. Yeah, yeah. wow. Okay, so before almost any of these things happened, you were no <laughs> That's longer... Right. But I <laughs> kept the uniform and the authority and the clipboard, and no one's questioned it. Cool. Also, they know they're doing something wrong. If you... For, Jeff, right. Devin, if you... Oh, what's your name? Devin. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. If you um, will shoot somebody, right? I would never... Okay, but of course. Happens to the best of us. But if you, something, you know, who knows? If something goes wrong in your brain, you're broken, you shoot someone, right? right. And a non-officer of the law subdues you. On some level, you're like, this person's Citizen's right. arrest. Yeah. I'm right. wrong. I'm, uh, and somewhere in my head, really I'm going, oh, I walked into this one. That's right. So uh, as I feel happens, like if someone's doing wrong, it, you don't necessarily need to be an officer of the law to enforce it. Well, it's wow. like children. They need boundaries. Ultimately, they want to be disciplined. They're asking for it. And I was an officer of the law for almost 10 months. <laughs> so I feel that I'll almost have the training. 10 months. Yeah, one. <laughs> Which well, yeah. I round up to 10. That's interesting. One month is closer to 10 months. <laughs> if than... you're rounding to up to 10. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I get that What's magic? the nearest 10? If you're rounding up to 10, one oh, r- is to the nearest, to Rounding up to the nearest 10. So 11 will be 20. Yeah, and right. one would be ten. If you would have said I was an officer law for the year, I was. It was for a month. I was in. Eh, it's not really around enough, but ten months. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were an officer of the law longer than I was in the womb. Wow, <laughs> that's very strange. Hang on, now we're getting into some trippy territory. You were not even in the been... womb for a month. Are you scratching your ear with your foot right now? <laughs> no, no. Oh, I, I guess Good I am. Eye. I guess yes. that's like a little uh, tick <laughs> that I have. Yeah. And I have he also a has tick, ticks. ticks and fleas. <laughs> yeah. That's mm. a shame. Well, Greg, let's take one more break. Let's. And then we'll come back with our final segment with Friends of the Beatles, Neil Pudding and Pete Worst. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Hey, this is Devin Field interrupting this episode of First Hand for a second to ask you to leave a review of our podcast, rate our podcast, subscribe to our podcast, and help tell a friend about our podcast. Do whatever you can to spread the good word. Thank you. Well, we're here with, of course, Officer Neil Pudding. Hello. Although I don't even know that I should be calling you Officer. You should because that's what I am in my own way I identify myself. I mean, they call, they still say Vice President Biden during the debates, I see, sure, yeah. That's right. Or Mayor uh, Rudy Giuliani, even though he's not mayor. (laughs) That's right, yeah. And you also sucked your wife's fingers on TV, is that true? (laughs) That's right, yeah. Very, very quietly I did. Yeah, quietly. (laughs) Without, without, you know, intruding on anyone's oral wow. landscape, I sucked on my wolf's <laughs> fingers, and it was quite sensual. Good, good, good. And, good. and of course, the Beatles' former manager, although I don't even know that I can say that, no, Pete Worst. No, you should. Hello. Hello, Pete. Hey, Pete. Hello. Now, for our final segment, uh, we're going to continue to reflect on the Beatles here and just go around and talk about the last time we saw the Beatles, the last time we encountered a... A, a member of the Beatles. Greg, do you remember the last time you saw your beloved Ringo? I d- well, again, I might have seen him last night. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> fries off the sidewalk, or as you might call them, Pete, chips. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, What'd you say to him? He's from America. <laughs> I'm from London. I'll but say he works chips. at a fish and chip no, store. No, that's because that's why I work at a fish and chip store. I think Mo- that's so I fun. I apologize. I'll yeah. withdraw me anger. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> anger withdrawn. Um, so, but the last time I interacted with them, yeah. of course, so recent last year, just last year, Dodger Stadium here in LA, yeah. Paul McCartney mm-hmm. concert, who comes out, Ringo, it's the first time they've played together in years, there's been two Beatles playing together, huge moment, and I thought, this is my last <laughs> chance to break up something great. Ugh. Um, so I went to the Dodgers playoff games, mm-hmm. uh, I went to the playoff games and I hid because mm. I didn't have enough money for tickets okay. to the um, yeah, concert. They're expensive. I so see. I stayed in the stadium for weeks. I told Clayton Kershaw to throw a bunch of bad pitches and he listened to me smart. and the Dodgers lost. Yep. Um, we'll do a whole other episode on that. that okay. <laughs> um, yes, one of our next up- upcoming geniuses will be Clayton, Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> He's a genius, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing a ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throwing the ball really well for most of a season and, and then stopping. At the end. Uh-huh. That's what that will trick you. That's some good, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The psychology. His whole season wide change up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long arc. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, so you were in the stadium. So I hit, and then when Paul was on at the beginning of his concert, um, Oof, can't I, believe the story. Which was in July. Was it before so you, the world? Yeah. So you sort of waited a, quite a while. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was there. I was. I got there in the 2018 playoffs. <laughs> yeah, sounds uh-huh. all when they were playing the Red Sox. But so it also that's why we didn't do the podcast for so long. Yeah. So, <laughs> of course, that was yeah the time that Clayton Kershaw blew it in the playoffs that I'm referring to was 2018. I could see how you'd be confused because he also blew it in 2019, right. 2017, yes. 2016. Yes. <laughs> But I was there a long time, a long time. I met Magic. Cool. Um, I met no one else. And yep. then <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I love Magic Johnson. I famously told him not to take antiretroviral drugs. Oh. <laughs> and he did not take my advice. Uh, Biggest mistake uh, of his I, life, well, I think. Well, I don't it? think so. He uh, lived a long, long life. And sure. you told him what magic sounds dumb, stick with Irvin? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I said, who wants something with like an in-between middle name, Magic Irvin? Uh, no, just go with Irvin. Yeah. No one will remember magic. No. I, I, I think you're wrong, yeah. but... So how did you eventually manage to break up Ringo and Paul when they well, joined each when other on stage? Paul was on stage. I caught Ringo in the green room eating shrimp like he does. <coughs> Loves them. Um, I think that's why he did the show. It's probably uh, why he wrote that song. And I was like, don't remind me, because I had a <laughs> shrimp pitch for him, too. For Squid Porch? Yeah, in the <laughs> shrimp backyard. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. And it was like, I'd like to play <laughs> all through the day in a shrimp backyard. <laughs> so oh, I love really stretched those words out. I yeah. love that song. Sustained shrimp. Yeah, shrimp. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The best thing about a song is how long you can get it. Yeah. yeah. So you found Ringo. So He's I told shrimp. him, why aren't you, sir? As in Sir Ringo Starr. Yeah, Sir Paul McCartney, Sir Elton John. Is he not a knight? Oh, he is. At that time, he was, yeah. <laughs> so your comments would have been sort of fallen on deaf ears. Because he just sort of was knighted, I think, last uh -huh. year. Look, I'm not saying I was good at this. <laughs> yeah, Obviously, clearly. look. Clearly. Officer Pudding, you have done a lot more to break up the Beatles than I have. Congratulations. Well, I'm not proud of it. Only keeping him quiet. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. But yeah, so you were telling him he should be a knight, yeah. And, and he said, and you're right, he said, I'm already a knight. <laughs> Get out of here. We're through. I filed a restraining order. But that's what gets you. in your head, saying confusing things that make someone think. Wow. Yeah. But he had, of course, I legally wasn't supposed to be within 100 yards of him. Judge Jeselnik made a ruling yeah. and roasted my penis. And yeah. here we Unbelievable. are. Unbelievable. <laughs> and I didn't break him up. So, Dev, when was the last time the you last saw The last time I saw the Beatles um, was in the 70s. Well, it wasn't when I saw the Beatles, but it was... Uh, when I saw John Lennon. No, it wasn't in the 70s, in the late 60s, actually. I saw John Lennon on his own. I went to John Lennon's house. Still in the band. Still in the band. But I went to John Lennon's house, and I said, look, I feel bad about how things ended. I really flew off the handle about your marijuana use. Are you still using? And he said, yeah, yeah, you know what? I do still smoke a bit of wacky mm. tobacco, a strawberry cough. Remember when Michael Caine yeah. smoked strawberry cough? Children of men. So I... Oh, and he died... He died flicking them off. That's right. That was so rad. So <laughs> I want to go. So I, uh, I said I found a substance that I think could help wean you off of marijuana, and he said, "Sure, sure, I'm open to it." And that's when I turned him on to heroin. Oof! Oh, yeah, it's a boy. Bit of bad turn yeah. for John. <laughs> wow. How so? I, don't, I, don't I just feel I know. it's a sort of a bad <laughs> habit he's had to deal with. I think because, of course, uh, this is what people don't understand about being uh, straight edge is that it doesn't apply to heroin. Heroin is oh, a separate. Oh, that is a, a separate that. substance. The heroin not, loophole. The heroin loophole because it's not a drug like those drugs because it helps. It really, it's a sleep aid more than anything. Yeah. That's that's how sure. we in the straight edge community classify it. So I was going, hey, stop having fanciful, imaginative thoughts about uh, you know creative uh, expression and uh, why don't you just get the nods <laughs> yeah why don't you write a song about uh, a fucking blue jay you know why don't we uh, why don't we go down a dark dark hole here that is and go to sleep you, that's why he was in bed with Yoko for so long 
So uh, that was the last time I saw the Beatles was when I gave John Lennon his first dose of heroin. (laughs) Did you ever worry that the heroin might lead him to smoking marijuana? All the time. As a gateway? All the time. Like a doggy door drug. (laughs) Just kind of like... Yeah, why do people say gateway drug? Yeah, doggy doggy door. door. Yeah, just like back into the house. We should get get a doggy door, Yeah, To the studio. So you can come in and out of it? Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Pete, when was the last time you saw the Beatles? Oh, God, let me think. It was cold... Interesting place to start. Uh, yeah, just I. Th- that's how my memories come. <laughs> I was in New York, which is unusual normally. Um, I just come out of it was the Immaculate Conception, so it was December eighth. <laughs> A new decade had just started, so I, I think it was nineteen eighty. Okay. And okay. From afar, I see John Lennon coming out of his home. I don't okay. like where this and is going. I like it so far because it sounds quiet. <laughs> It sounds peaceful. Well, yeah, I and I've been known to sneak up on people. <laughs> okay. So he was talking to a man, and they were a little bit arguing, and I thought, oh, my God, i got to tell him an idea I have, which is that him and um, uh, Paul never talk and stay in separate bands because uh, how do you sing separate more than being in, in separate, separate bands? Band. So he's talking to this man. He had three names. Um, Mark David Chapman. Oh, yeah, from some pa- some newspapers, I think it was. Anyways, I spooked him, and a gun went off. <laughs> and some people say I should have an asterisk next to the assassination I of John see. Lennon. Wow. I, I guess helped kill John Lennon. This is because well, I very upsetting him. because that gunshot was probably quite loud. Yeah, that sounds loud. Is there a silencer at play? No, I think it was uh, pr- it was uh, pretty loud. This got You're confessing really, to a crime. This has got to burn Uh-oh. your beans here. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. That's a noise violation Uh-oh. right Uh-oh. there. Oh, oh no. Well, but yeah, so I guess I killed John Lennon. Wow. That might be the greatest example of burying the lead in history. <laughs> I think. Oh, really? Well, I yeah. feel I've got one. When more. I think about that day, the first thing I think of, boy, cold, and what a beautiful immaculate <laughs> con- immaculate conception service I just went wow. to at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Jesus Christ! Wow. I mean, I remember that Ringo told me that um, at one point told me that John's last words as he was bleeding out were like. You really are Pete Worst. <laughs> oh my God, that's what he was saying. <laughs> that's what Ringo. Oh said. my uh, God, oh, Ringo was there. Ringo no, was there. He talked to him on an LSD trip. I think. Oh right, yeah. so See, transcendent. I, I yeah. wish I could have kept that from happening. You know. <laughs> yeah, that well, is unfortunate. Well, Neil, when was the last time you saw the Beatles? Well, of course, um, you know, all Beatles together was when they were trying to get of back course. together, and I broke them up. Right, but. I did have an uh, account with Paul McCartney okay. in the 80s. So mm-hmm. it was after John had unfortunately been murdered here by Pete Woods. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it was, um, Paul was uh, writing a song. Yeah. And um, it was, uh, it was, in, it was uh, in New York, but he's British, so he's under my jurisdiction. Of course. And uh, right, he was writing a song. It was quite lovely. It was sort of a return to form for Paul. Interesting. And it was a beautiful little acoustic number. Mm-hmm. But it was quite, it was getting quite, uh, emotional, so he's being quite loud, oh, and I, you know, gave him the old stink eye, and I said, "All right, Paul, if this is loud, I'm going to bring you to the brig." And he put both hands up. He said, "Oh no, oh no, Neil, all right." 
and he quieted down, and instead of the song he was writing, he wrote Simply Having a Wonderful <laughs> Christmas Time. Oh, which is a quite, beautiful quite song. quiet. Quite quiet. And we- a weirdly quiet song. Weirdly actually. quiet, but yeah. boy, sticks in your head. And yeah. I'll have the. It is my responsibility that song exists. Oh my God. Everyone here <laughs> has done more to break up and shut down and stifle the Beatles and than tarnish I, their legacy. Than I did when that was exactly what I was trying to do. Wow, that's God tough. Damn. That's it. how you see my life? Yeah. You murdered John Lennon. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting a little angry here. Oh, but I'm, it's just like, putting it, I'm just putting okay, it together hey. now. That's what he did. <laughs> I didn't see that. Greg, I, please lower, lower your voice. No, I don't okay, need to lower Greg, my voice. Please, okay, I'm just getting a little I loud. Spent my whole life trying you to. You shouldn't be screaming. Just getting a little loud. I what want to remind you do? that you are a British citizen. Did you okay. sleep with a British citizen? Yeah. You're going to the brig. No, my God. You're going to the brig. I hit you with my stick. I hit you with my stick again. What noise are you making? Don't cry. What are you whimpering? Hey, get off me leg. Get up me leg! Okay. okay, but now we're talking all together. Imagine how long this could be if we did this individually. <laughs> okay, real quick. Let's break this up and let's just get some goddamn plugs out. Okay, Greg, stop it. Jesus Christ. Officer Neil, anything to plug? Yeah. I'd like to plug... I'd like to plug... <coughs> Thinking very quietly. The second album by the Pixies. <laughs> Um, Doolittle or Surfer Rosa. Rosa. Rosa? Yeah, I yeah. feel it's great. You should listen to it. Yeah. I've got nothing to do with yeah, it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. But I gig- think it's great. It's That's not a little all loud, loud for you. Has that got gigantic? Uh-huh. It's got gi- right. the half of it's quiet. It starts quiet, gets loud. I like the quiet parts. Uh, yeah, sure. It's sure. got gigantic. Yeah, and a bone machine and sort of. Yeah, um, yeah it's really it's good. A classic. It's really great. Yeah. So, all. Okay, check out should. the Pixies. <laughs> yeah, and I'll plug uh, the album Bone Machine by Tom Waits. There you go. <laughs> That's, That's very good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. And I'll plug the NPR show Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Pete, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <then laughs> anything to plug? I would like to plug uh, um, the concept of riding elephants. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, it's quite nice, isn't it? To wow. ride an elephant. It's pretty nice. It's not right. done as much as you think it would be. Yeah, and it does feel kind of precarious up there. But and I feel they don't mind. No. no. Which I feel horses sometimes get tired, but the elephants, I feel they like it. Yeah, yeah. so I think, I think that's humane. fun when you get a little, looks like sometimes they put a little house on top of the elephant and you just get to ride an elephant. <laughs> a little house. Yep. That's fun, yeah. Wow. These are good plugs. These yeah. are great I'm also plugs. doing a, a show uh, I'm doing a show coming up. Um, everyone, please tune in. Uh, okay. I'm doing the Westminster. <laughs> I was going to say, is I this on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day? <laughs> I think it's called the Westminster Comedy Festival. Well, I don't think that's uh, what it's called. It's a kennel club, I think. It's called the Dog yeah. Show, Kennel Club, Dog Show. Yeah, Friars yeah. Club, Kennel Club, whatever. Yeah, these are just words. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, t- tune in for next Thanksgiving's Westminster Comedy Show. <laughs>